Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Even though you're in a season of waiting, value the Lord. We will wait at Disney World. We will wait in lines. We will wait outside of restaurants. We will wait for that college acceptance letter to come in. We will wait for what we deem to be valuable. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you're in a season of waiting, continue to hope and wait upon the Lord. And that leads us to our big idea this morning. The big idea for today is waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. Waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. Because he is that great. He is that valuable. He is that one that we can trust, that we can hope in. When we wait upon him, we won't be disappointed. So let's talk about this a little bit. Let's think about this. We begin with the first question for this morning. Why should I wait for the Lord? Why should, why should I wait for the Lord? Why should I be concerned about waiting for the Lord? One of my, fa- my kids' favorite terms these days is why. You know, for, even from a young age up until now as they've gotten a little bit older, their favorite, their favorite term is, is why. Why, Dad? Why, Mom? Why? Why? They ask why, and we ask that of our Heavenly Father sometimes, don't we? Maybe you're in that season of waiting right now where, where you're asking why, God? Why, why is this taking this long? Why, why is this happening in this way? Why, why am I not clear about this in my life right now? Why? You see, we, we'll wait in lines at Disney World. We'll, we'll wait in the line for, for two hours for some dwarf train. But we want to fast pass when it comes to the God of the universe. We, we want to hear from God instantly because we, we've asked him, so we're supposed to get an instant answer. But there is a season of waiting that as we follow Jesus, that if we're to be authentic followers of Christ, we're going to have to embrace and reframe this season of waiting. So why should I wait? Well, first, the reason why we should wait, the reason why you and I should wait is because our ways are not his ways. And that's where this wisdom teaching from Proverbs chapter 3 comes into, into play. Our ways are not his ways. We learn from Scripture that, that God's ways are above our ways. But so often we're just focused on our own path and our own way. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, they illuminate for us what to do in the season of waiting. The author writes, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know him and he will make your paths straight. As we wait for the Lord and we think about why should I wait? It means that we trust in him and we rely upon him because his ways are not our ways. And and we may not get the full detailed plan laid out, but we know from God's word, who God is, and we can trust in him and rely upon him because he is a good God, a good heavenly father that we can turn to in our season of waiting. But it means we trust and rely upon him. Next, why should I wait upon the Lord? 
waiting on the Lord is less about what he teaches and more about how he molds us. The experience, the season of waiting can begin to mold us and it begins to shape us and it begins to move us into who God desires for us to be. Experience is what molds us into who he wants us to be. It is where teaching comes to life. My good friend, he's been to the Holy Land several times. And I always joke with him, like, you never invited me, man. Come on, you invite all these other people, you never invited me. And so he's, he's gone to the Holy Land several different times. And the first time he came back, he was like, God, you know, I think every, every student at seminary needs to have a trip to the Holy Land built into their tuition. He says, because this was my first time to go, and it just brought things to life. Things that I read about, things that I'd, I'd seen pictures of, but being there, walking there, experiencing it, he said, it just brought everything to this vibrant and clear, deeper understanding. And when we wait upon the Lord and when we trust in him, that's what begins to happen spiritually for us. We begin to experience him in a different way, in a different format than what we're usual to, usual, usually happens and what we're used to. And the experience of knowing him deeper in the waiting season begins to mold us into who he wants us to be. And that's valuable. It's always more valuable to be who God wants us to be rather than who we think we should be. We should desire more of God and less of us. More of God in our life to mold us and to shape us in this experience, even during waiting. Finally, why should I wait? Jesus exemplified waiting for us. Jesus exemplified waiting for us. He waited on the will of the Father. In Luke chapter 6, Luke records in Luke chapter 6 verse 12. During those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. So, so right before this, hap- this happens, right before Jesus summons all the disciples together for the next step in his earthly ministry. So, so before this next step in his earthly ministry and before gathering and summoning his disciples to come together, to move forward together, what did Jesus do? He waited in prayer throughout the night for clarity. He waited for the will of the Father to be clear for him in taking those next steps. Jesus exemplified waiting. You see, waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. And we see it from the life of Jesus. Why should I wait? should follow the example that Christ has laid out before us. To know him more, to trust him more, to be shaped by him, to experience him more, and for that to crystallize in our life. It doesn't mean that that's easy. Being in a season of waiting doesn't mean that that's easy. It doesn't mean that that we're not going to want to know what's next or want to know a certain answer or have certain confirmation in our life. It doesn't mean that those those desires and feelings are just going to go away. But when we're in that season of waiting and we understand why we should wait, we understand that Jesus gives us an example of waiting, then we can persevere and wait Because knowing the Lord is more valuable than going our own path. The second question I want us to entertain today is, not not only do we want to know why should I wait, but the second question is, what should I do in a waiting season? What should I do in a waiting season? In a season of waiting, what should I do? You know, college football games have been all over the TV lately, right? It's that time of year. 
college bowl games, one right after the next. And one of the main sponsors for the college football is Home Depot, right? Home Depot. And they've had a couple of slogans over the last several years as they've been a sponsor for college football. One of those slogans is, you can do it, we can help. Another slogan that they've had is, where doers get more done. And what they're tapping into and what they're targeting is this this idea of, of, of us being productive and getting things done. Maybe, maybe you're, you lean in that direction. Like, you're not going to sit at the house and, 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 and just sit. You're going to be out doing something. You're going to be out working or doing something, cleaning up the yard, going here and doing that. You're going to be out about doing something. And so when we are in a season of waiting, we think, well, is waiting all that I do? Because I got to do more than that, right? I, I, got to, I got to be able to do something. So what should I do in a season of waiting? Well, first, one thing we can do is that we can ask the Lord to show us. We we can go before the Lord, the God of the universe, and we can ask the Lord to show us more of who he is, to show us more of of the truth of his word, to show us more of of what needs to take place in, in our hearts and in our lives. We can ask the Lord to show us, to begin to illuminate for us where we are at and what's going on and where we can shift and where we can move. I got an email from Joe Wilson, our church planning partner this week. And in his email, in the message, he shared how, how he had been asking God to reveal to him fresh ideas and new vision for his mission organization, New Churches Now, this year. And some ways that God had begun to, to speak into his heart. He was asking God to show him. In our season of waiting, we can go before God and ask what it is that God wants to show us. God, we, we don't wait, in a waiting season, we're not wasting time. In a waiting season, we can hear from God. But here's the flip side of that. Here's the flip side of that. Pastor Louis Giglio points out that sometimes God is waiting on us in the waiting season. It's kind of like two guys going to a restaurant meeting for lunch. In a big city, there may be two of the same chain restaurant, right? One on one side of town and one on another side of town. But all the guys, the, the two guys say, hey, let's meet for lunch at this place, at this restaurant. Well, one goes to the one on one side of town, the other goes on the other side of town and They're kind of checking their phone, reading the news, scrolling through, seeing what's up. Five minutes by, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to, well, should I text them and see where they're at? They might have just got caught up in traffic or might have something, somebody walked in the office or whatever. And then 10 minutes go by and start to feel awkward sitting there by yourself, you know. Then about 15 minutes, you got to make a call, right? You got got to text or you got to do something. And so you call the person and you're like, hey, I'm at the restaurant. Where are you at? And they're like, oh, well, I'm by the sushi bar. And it's like, well, there's no sushi bar here. Well, I went to the other restaurant. I've been waiting on you for 15 minutes too. Maybe God's waiting on you and I. Maybe God's waiting on us to turn to him. Maybe God's revealed himself in specific ways and, and we know his presence is, is there, but we're not stepping out in faith Maybe God is waiting on us to turn away from some things in order to turn to him. Maybe God is is waiting for us to truly believe 
that he is who he says he is, to, to truly believe that he's a way maker, right? That, that, that we've been singing the song way maker, but maybe in our heart of hearts, we're not so sure that he's going to make a way out of our mess. And God's just waiting for us to put our belief and trust in him completely. Maybe he's, he's waiting for us to repent, to confess and repent of the sin in our life that is keeping us from following and knowing him more. Maybe God's waiting for us to take that step. Not only should we seek and ask the Lord to show us, but what should I do in a waiting season? I should seek to remove any strongholds and idols. You know, in a waiting season, Satan wants to rain down body blows on all of us to tell us that we're not good enough, to shower us with guilt, to keep us away from the Lord in any form or fashion possible. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to wrap us up in strongholds. He wants to present idols for us. He wants to devour us. This is what Peter notes in his New Testament letter. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. And friend, idols come in different packages. There is no one-size-fits-all idol. Idols come in different packages for all of us. And they can be a belief in our own way. They can be the idea of comfort, that I've got to have my routine set. I, I, I don't want to be anxious, so I want to be in, in comfort. I, I want to have this level of comfort. I'm seeking comfort in my life more than I'm seeking God in my life. It can be dreams or goals that I have. I'm pursuing dreams and goals and reaching them and, and, and gaining a status with them more than I am reaching and seeking God in my life. It could be dreams and goals. It could be popularity that I want to be known by people more than I want to be known by the God of the universe? It could be, idols, are, they, they don't come in a one-size-fits-all package. It, it may be the past, right? Oh, the glory days. Y'all remember the glory days, right? Everybody's got their own version of the glory days. Well, back when Reagan was in office, right? Glory days become an idol. Those idols take our eyes off the true, living God. We must turn from all that. We must turn away from all that. We must repent of all that. We must get rid of all that. We must release all that and come before God humbly and, and bow before him and seek him with the right posture of worshiping him in spirit and truth. Pastor Charles Stanley writes this, whatever you release to the Lord, you get more and better in return. Whatever you release to the Lord, you get more and better in return. And what Satan wants to tell you is that that idol, that stronghold in your life is what really is good. But it always falls short. And the reality is turning to the Lord and releasing these things means you're going to get something better and more in return in your life, even in a season of waiting. And that's what God is calling us to do. Because waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. Finally, what can I do in a season of waiting? Invite others into the journey. Invite others into the journey. In Acts chapter 8, Philip the evangelist goes to the desert road. Not too many people waiting in line to go to the desert road. Amen, right? 
We'll, we'll, we'll line up for a, a famous ride, but to go to the desert road, that sounds hot. It's already hot in the Delta. Why am I going to go to the desert road? But he goes to the desert road, and because he was obedient, the Lord had spoken to him to go to the desert road. Because he was obedient, there was the Ethiopian reading the prophecy of Isaiah. And Philip follows the leading of the Spirit and speaks to the Ethiopian the truth that Isaiah was speaking of Jesus, the Messiah who has come. It was in that moment that God used Philip to invite that Ethiopian into the journey. You see, if you're in a season of waiting about what's next for your life or what God's will is, we already know that God's will for all believers is to share the gospel. We already know from Scripture that to invite someone into the journey is part of God's will. So when we know what God's will is, it would be important for us to do God's will until the other becomes clear. And inviting others into the journey is very clear throughout all of Scripture. And that is part of what we can do while we're in a season of waiting. The final question I want us to look at today is how. We've talked about why we should wait on the Lord. We've talked about what we can do while waiting on the Lord. How should I wait on the Lord? What is my posture as I wait on the Lord? Well, first, it's a patient posture. A posture of patience. We see this from the life of David. David writes in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he rescued me from all my fears. He was patient as he sought the Lord. And he sought the Lord and the Lord answered him and he rescued him from all his fears. David had some fears, didn't he? If you read David, about David in the Old Testament, you'll know he had some fears up there. And friend, I want to encourage you today, God's not afraid of what you're afraid of. And so you may be in a waiting season starting off 2021 and there may be some fear coming up inside of you. Seek the Lord patiently in this waiting season because God will answer and God will rescue you from the fear. How should I wait on the Lord? Not only are we have a patient posture, but we have an, a posture of being intentional and expectant. We see that from the early church. The early church was intentional and, and expectant. Luke records in Acts chapter 2, they all were continually united in prayer. And following these verses is, is when they chose Matthias to come along as one of the apostles. So all this was leading, all this was sandwiched in between Jesus ascending to heaven and the day of Pentecost. They're in a waiting season here in Acts chapter 2, and they are praying together. And then they are expectantly coming together to elect a leader to go as they move out together. In that season of waiting, they were intentional and they were expectant. They believed that God was going to use them and they prepared in such a way that he could use them. And that's how we enter into a waiting season. We do it with patience, we do it being intentional, and we do it expectantly. A lot of times, the cloud hanging over our head as we wait is that we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do when we're waiting. All we know is that we're frustrated, and we're trying to figure it out. And this waiting season, it just seems like it's not going to end anytime soon. And, and we just become frustrated. We don't know what to do. Well, friend, I want to encourage you this morning 
When you don't want, know what to do, do what you know. When, when you don't know what that next step is necessarily in your waiting season, do what you know. Go to the Lord in prayer. Seek to engage in the local church, to worship with other believers, to study scripture together, to have others pray for you as you walk through a season of waiting. All this happens in the local church, and your engagement in the local church may be more important now than it ever has been. Moving forward, it may be more important now than it ever has been. And that's just not a COVID statement. That's a spiritual reality statement where we find ourselves. And so to be intentional in praying with other believers and worshiping with other believers and engaging in the local church may be more important now than it is forever. And that means we have to value the Lord. And if we value the Lord, then it's worth the wait because waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. In your life and in my life and in the life of our church, whatever we seek to do, however we seek to move forward, waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. And so when we come... As we conclude, we think about how God shows up. As a minister and a pastor, I get to walk with people at specific times in their journey, at specific times in their life. And as I was thinking about waiting, and I was thinking about these seasons of waiting, I was thinking about parents. Because I've been a part of weddings and rehearsal dinners where parents would get up and they would speak to their child and they would be weeping tears streaming down their face and then they would say this son daughter God has answered my prayer because he brought your spouse into your life God has answered my prayer in the season of waiting and in continually hoping and continue believing these parents will stand up and they'll say my prayer has now been answered. And I bet if we had time to ask them, they would say it was worth waiting for. It was worth the wait. But it means that we value the Lord. We value the Lord above every other thing in our life. And just, there's, nobody, there's no idol sitting on the throne of our heart, but the Lord is on our heart. He is sitting on the throne of our heart. And we value him and we're waiting for him because we know that waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. And friend, that's what I want for you as you begin a new year. That's what I want for you in your life. And you may have some fears and you may have some anxieties. And you may have a list of questions and you may have some struggles. But I want you to know that waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. And that when you put your faith and trust in him, when you rely upon him and not your own understanding... When you seek him out in the midst of your fears, he is one that makes a way. And he makes all things new. Because waiting for the Lord is worth waiting for. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today. And we thank you even for the season of waiting. In our minds and in our earthly logic, it doesn't make sense to us. It creates frustration. It may even create a bit of anger in our hearts. But God, we turn away from all of that today and we turn to you. And we proclaim that, that you're valuable. You're more valuable than anything we can experience in this life. Because in you, 
there is the hope of all eternity. And that in you, Lord Jesus, there is redemption, restoration, and salvation for all of eternity. So we ask that in our season of waiting, you would speak to us, you would mold us through this experience. You would help us to to even engage in what we know to do as we wait upon you to, to illuminate those next steps for us. That we would be patient, humble, but we would be intentional and expectant to see a mighty work from you, God. Lord, I pray for the ones listening and watching today. Lord, if there is a decision out there that needs to be made to follow you, pray they would leave a comment, send us a direct message so that we can follow them in their journey. There's someone here in this room this morning that you've spoken to. I pray that after we dismiss, they, they would just wait a moment and they would, they would find me or they would find Dan. And We're here and we're available to pray with them, to talk with them, to share with them. It's not a decision that needs to be put off. It's a decision that needs to be followed in obedience. Lord, as we, as we sing this, this final song to you, God, I pray that you would just reaffirm in our hearts your goodness and your grace and that we would turn to you, God. Turn away from the things that keep us from you and we would turn to you because you are valuable and we would wait upon the Lord knowing that we will get far more in return than we ever thought. Lord, we commit this day to you. We commit this time to you. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.